Hi, everybody. This is Regis Philbin. And this is Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's see how many times Kathy Lee can say the name Cody in a 10-second period. Start the clock. Here we go. Reach, what are you talking about? People love Cody. They want to hear about my life. They love Cody. Cody and Frank are bonding so well. It's so wonderful. I started breastfeeding Cody again, but I love it. I love my breasts. America does. They want to know about Cody, 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 Cody. Twelve, <laughs> twelve times. Twelve Codys. Twelve Codys. Something to say. Transfixing you to your radio. It's Brit Summers. I've been going through these George Rodriguez dats, finding golden nuggets of bits that I have forgotten about. They're all pristine and ready to be played again. I got three weeks of George Rodriguez shows, all ready to be digitalized. I'm in the process of doing that now. Thank you, George, for thinking ahead like that. Speaking ahead. Why do men only think about head? I don't know. And there's so much more to think about. Why do men only think about head? One track minds are what men are all about. Every N-N, not to mention FYINation.com, SkyhawkRadio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, TheBritSummerShow.com, and SoundCloud, and Google Play with this. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Brit Summer Show, broadcasting live from a dark abyss of misery, and now a fourth-rate country. Not third, fourth. Oh, it's not good. No. No. But you already knew that. I mean, what else can I add? Outside of the... Uh, the Did you get your census thing yet? I mean, even that. It's like they copied and pasted it from the 1960 census. It's 2020, and this is the question. Are you, are, <laughs> are you male or female? I'm surprised they didn't put... Are you white Caucasian American or Negro? I don't know. Male or female. So there was a stumper right there. Don't they update these things? Are you male or female? Are you black, white, or what would they used to call them? The, uh, they didn't say Native American. Yeah, they said, uh, are you Indian or yeller like an Asian? Or you're, uh, what is the other word they used to use? Oh, uh, Occidental. <laughs> Which sounds like a mouthwash. But yeah, the census. I'm meaning to get to that. It's like, <clears throat> well, how do I answer that question? I don't know. And you know what it tells me? That 
yeah, the census is important, but they're never going to know what the numbers are in the LGBT community. How many is who? How many is what? Who is where? And and even if the question was on there, no one would, well, few people would answer it honestly. So they're never, that tells me that they're never going to know what the percentage of trans people in this country is. They're never going to have an accurate number if that's what they're going to put on the census. I mean, I could guess from just my personal observations, I would guess 2% of the population. If they were honest about it, maybe even more. But you're not going to get it, you're going to get zero. So it's going to be, for the next 10 years, it's going to be guesswork. And guesswork is what they're using uh, for the coronavirus deaths in Florida. Florida Coronavirus Update. What's the latest update? Oh, we're fine. Yeah, that's what our slack-jawed moron governor says. And the residents in the villages are going, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. There ain't nothing going on. Uh-huh. There ain't no coronavirus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're, we're virus-free in Florida. Uh-huh. Isn't that right, villages? <laughs> so how are those Miami Marlins doing, huh? I'm dying over here. Yeah. The thing is, though, what is that last count? They've had uh, 12 players and uh, two coaches, coaches with uh, coronavirus. And the irony of the whole thing is uh, there's nobody in the stands without the virus. <laughs> nobody goes to those games. No. Isn't that right, Derek Jeter? Oh, oh, don't bang your head against the wall too hard. <laughs> yeah, so as far as sports is concerned, in this area, ain't going to see none. But according to our governor, there's no virus. Everything's fine. Go back to school. Go go to the stores. Open businesses. Nothing's going to happen outside. Of you might die. You will all die. Because he doesn't care. I don't even think he's aware of it. I, I think he's so clueless and chinless. Uh, isn't that funny? The cartoons, the political cartoons that you see drawn to him, they never get him quite right. It, it never, I mean... Not even a likeness. I mean, they give him a chin. The guy has no chin because uh, he's just a redneck. He's just an inbred fool that the village is like. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not going to let up on them. Oh, you're being ageist. You're goddamn right I'm being ageist. And they deserve it. The villages, please. Two more years of this guy. Even if the uh, November election goes... <laughs> in a positive way we're still stuck with this moron for two more years so i'm gonna do whatever i can on my end after november to start a recall effort on this piece of human dreck who can't find the suit to fit him it looks like his lapels are shiny on the outside like he irons them or, or his a obedient little wife irons his suits for him because hillbillies like that they don't know from a cleaner's I mean, he hasn't bought a new suit since Zares went out of business. Yeah, face it, Floridians. uh, We live in the dumbest state, in the dumbest country. Not so much the dumbest country, but we outshine everybody when it comes to stupidity. We are the dumbest state in all. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. I think we're slightly above Mississippi and Alabama and all those other southern banjo picker states. We just don't play the banjo down here. That's what sets us apart. But we're pretty goddamn stupid, and we're proud of it. Not a word has been written or or reported 
about the uh, inaccuracies with the death totals being uh, (laughs) manipulated. It's only gone up like a thousand since April or May, the official state number. Although I am surprised they let it go that high, when actually it should be around 25 or about 30,000 dead. And the latest from my source is that uh, the medical community is is working on forming a coalition. to See, uh, they're afraid of losing their jobs. These doctors who work for these hospitals, these ER doctors, and they don't want to come up. Naturally, they'll just get fired. I asked this person if uh, she wanted to come on my show or Nicole Sandler's show. And, uh, and then I rethought it before she even had a chance to answer. I'm like, that's not a good idea. We don't want them to lose their jobs. But if they form a coalition and they, they, they form a, a committee to speak out against hospital administrators and what this governor is making them do, and I don't have all the facts, I don't have all the details, I can only ex- extrapolate from what I'm being told, it seems to me that these hospitals are being supplemented by state funding uh, you know, for unpaid medical expenses or whatever it is, they still get funded by the state in one way or another. And this moron is probably holding it over their head, threatening not to give them any supplemental funding if they report COVID deaths accurately. So what the doctors are being told from their administrators is when it comes to cause of death, don't put COVID. You could put uh, polio, you could put leprosy, you can put whatever, whatever, anything under the sun. Just don't put COVID as cause of death. Well, apparently, some of them did, or enough of them did, where it got out. And now it's up to 6,000, but that's about 20,000 short of where it should be. I mean, you look at the positive cases, and the positive cases are not being manipulated as much because it just so says that the people are sick. It doesn't say they're dead. They don't want the dead number out there. So any site you look at, anywhere you go, it's going to be wrong because they don't have the right numbers. And the Department of Health is telling uh, medical examiners, do not report COVID deaths. So no one's going to have that information. All the reporting is wrong. And uh, as far as Florida is concerned, uh, we're just not going to know. No. Not anytime soon. And the way they're manipulating the documentation and everything, it would ta- it's going to take years to actually find out who died. Of- Here's the other thing I heard. Uh, some of these doctors are trying to retrieve the records of the COVID deaths and change it back to COVID, and they're having some success with it. Uh, but you can't get it all, so they're, they're doing the best they can. And just to make matters worse, with this uh, disgusting douchebag of a governor, he doesn't deserve the title. He doesn't deserve to to drive. School's coming up. Nobody has any answers for this. He is demanding that children go to school, <clears throat> get sick, and die. Because he, he's under the impression that's what his boss wants. But all his boss wants is us to get stroked. <laughs> and speaking of stroke, and with a stroke of a pen, Governor Ron DeSantis wiped out the entire $29.4 million budget for a suite of online education services that have become critical to students and faculty during the COVID-19 outbreak. In other words, they were learning online the last few months before the summer break, uh, and this was approved by the uh, FDOE, Florida Department of Education, and uh, he just took all the money away. 
So there's not going to be anything online for you. The move has killed, along with uh, killing people, the complete Florida Plus program. An array of technology systems that faculty, staff, and students throughout Florida can rely on, never more than now in the midst of a pandemic that has since amplified on distance learning. DeSantis, whose office declined to comment on the cut. I'm so shocked. Vetoed one billion, or uh, Trump would say billion dollars, from Florida's 2021 budget as the state attempts to beat back a resurgence of the viral outbreak, which has sickened 152,000 people. And, and get this, and here it is a different number killed 3,500. Try 35,000 Politico in one of the country's hottest COVID 19 zones. The governor's office and Department of Education have been publicly silent about the sudden sweeping veto, leading some higher education officials to wonder if there had been some sort of mistake. No, there's no mistake here. He wants you to die, right? You will all die. This would be one of the biggest negative impacts in higher education in the last couple decades, said Tom Messner, dean of Library Learning Commons at Florida State College at Jacksonville. It just seems like an error. No, it's not an error, Tom. This is intentional. He wants children to die because he thinks he thinks he's going to get a brownie button from his false idol. Yeah. So there you go. There's a COVID action, action against uh, coronavirus in Florida. Like I said before, attendance at the Marlins games was never very high. (laughs) And of course, there's not going to be any Marlins games at all now. But playing baseball in an empty stadium is nothing new in South Florida. One is the total attendance at a Marlins game. Three will make it two to one. That's the total attendance at the Marlins of Florida. Wait to see a home run at the Marlins game. You might be the only one to get a stroke from the sun watching Marlins a fly. You'll be there all alone and have yourself to home place. So you can go for a walk and have a nice talk with the guy in third base. Sports one is the total attendance. One is the total attendance. One is the Marlin attendance cause they always lose. You're listening to the Brit Summer Show on the WWWNN Network. I think that's what the NN stands for. WWN Network. That sounds a lot better than the <laughs> slogan they're using now. So if there's any good news to be had with this pandemic we're having, with coronavirus, Louis Gomert, he's got COVID-19. Oh! You be L.A. Yo, L.A., what you tell that kid? 
graduate of Baylor Law School in Waco, Texas. Or took us. There you go, kids. Want to go through law school while sleeping and drunk and party and get a law degree? Baylor Law School in Waco, Texas. Yeah, how you feeling, Louie? Not wearing a mask, calling it a hoax. And now that you got it, you're saying you got it from the mask. (laughs) You're insane. You are the product of inbreeding. You inbred... uh, He was a judge in Texas. (laughs) And you got to wonder, how smart you got to be to be an attorney? He had Jeff Sessions, you got Gohmert, you got all... And a lot of these uh, Republicans you saw at the hearing, they've got law degrees. I'm like, how... How'd they get through grade school, let alone law school? I mean, it can't be all that hard, I guess. Boy, did I miss my calling. I'm dumb enough to get through law school. <laughs> I mean, you look at these guys. Come on. Really? They passed a bar exam. And speaking of bar, the only highlight, that, well, there was a couple, but the highlight to me was Pramila Jayapal. She held his big fat feet to the fire. There wasn't any uh, big surprises outside of the painful nausea you get from looking at Barr. And I have to say the only real surprise to me was that he can move under his own power. He doesn't look like he can walk, but he can stand up and move on his legs. <laughs> Which I, I'm, I'm stunned by that. You look at the guy, how, how can he move? But he sat there and clarified for five hours that he was uh, Trump's hatchet man and a white supremacist. And that's that. And what are we going to have? What are we going to do about that? Hmm, nothing. We're going to impeach him? Uh, maybe. Well, we'll have to weigh all of the testimony. We'll have to weigh all of the facts. And then we'll have to come up with a committee. And we'll have to do this. And then about bada boop, bada beep. They're not going to do nothing. He should be stripped of his license to practice forever and disbarred bar. Not, and even if they did that, he'd still be there. He's Trump's hatchet boy. These rednecks, these uh, Trumpers, they like to, to use the word boy. We're the boogaloo booger picker boys. What's the other one? The proud boys. They're boys because they have the mentality of a little boy. And they never, ever get laid. They're their incels, most of them. I really think that's why they hate Democrats so much. Republicans really hate Democrats deep down inside because they know that Democrats get laid. We put the party in political party, as opposed to Republicans and Trumpers who have to pay for it. Like these uh, Border Patrol, these ICE, and for the most part, Hasn't been talked about a lot. Eric Prince's mercenaries that are with these unmarked stormtroopers, this SS Schutzstaffen, this private police consisting of drunkards, ex-cons, white supremacists, and uh, all-around douchebags that are unmarked. And not one question in that hearing did it come up by the Democrats. Anybody said... If they're there to protect federal property, why not ID themselves as such? How come nobody ever asked that question? If they are defending federal property with that stupid-ass loophole that they say, well, they're defending one, but but they're still wandering out on the public streets of the cities. They're just breaking all the heads that they want and putting them in unmarked vehicles. 
They're nowhere near federal property. So how is it that they don't have to identify themselves? Why did not one Democrat ask that question? I don't know. And by not identifying themselves, by law, they can't arrest anybody or abduct anybody. If they're not identifying themselves as federal law enforcement, then uh, that just makes them any other douche you see in the street. Like the Umbrella Man in Minneapolis, who turns out to be a Nazi, a white supremacist uh, low-end biker, bashing the windows in at the auto parts store. He's an agent provocateur. Yeah, he got ID'd. And they will get ID'd. Because this, this all started in Ferguson with this Antifa thing. Thugs like him and others uh, were looting and painting a graffiti on the walls and stuff, uh, pretending to be part of the uh, BLM movement. Oh, that doesn't sound right. The BM movement? Yeah, the, the Black Lives Matter movement. So the way it was strategized by right-wing media... Media... Was that, okay, you guys go in here, you destroy this property, that property, whatever it is, and we're going to say it was uh, Antifa. That sounds good. That sounds like a terrorist group. Yeah. It's real terror to be anti-fascist. Tell that to the millions of soldiers in World War II that fought fascism. Tell them to the British soldiers that used ropes to go climb up a cliff to take out a battery of Nazi machine guns, and they all died. 55 in that mission. They died. Why? What were they doing that for? They were fighting fascism. They were all anti-fascist. Don't ever watch a World War II movie. Don't ever attend a veterans gathering. Don't go near any vets at all. Because if you're for fascism, you don't belong anywhere near our armed forces. And speaking of that, here's another thing. 12,000 troops are going to get pulled out of our base in Germany. Now, I know this has been a contentious thing for years because I went through this with George, who said, they should close the bases, they should close the bases. And I kept trying to tell him they're there for a reason. One, now that the Cold War is over, which was his point. The Cold War is over, it's no longer necessary. Yeah, but it's a big part of the German economy to have that base there. But the other reason was because there was a Cold War and they were there for a purpose because it wasn't all unified Germany, if you recall, not that long ago. East and West Berlin. And the West part was Russian. It's not all that far from the Ruskies. And of course, the happiest man alive is Vlad Putin because he'd love to see that base get closed. I told you a year ago that all of our strategic defense locations have been revealed to Russia by now. And that won't, believe it or not, even though it's peace, uh, we're at peace with Germany and everything's fine, that's what that was there for. That was that in place as a giant warning finger pointing at them, as, as Larry Fine would say, I'm warning you uh, <laughs> not to do anything. We have bases in Europe, but they're small. And usually in conjunction with the other European countries. But uh, that was ours. That was, that's a big base out there. And Putin made it uh, in no uncertain terms. He said to Trump, I want that base closed. And that's what they're doing, essentially, by pulling 12,000 troops out of there. And speaking of being warned, uh, Gomer was warned. You better put a mask on. In fact, Gary Nadler said uh, during the hearings, I want you to put your mask on. So uh, he was warned. And so was... Uh, Herman Cain. He died?
There is an African-American man who hated himself because he was black. Well, Harriman, you're not going to have to worry about that no more. Maybe, uh, maybe you'll come back as uh, Johnny Winter. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, even wider than that, you'll, you'll come back as uh, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Another one who was whining about wearing a mask. Well, how's uh, Harriman Kane doing now? You won't see him no more. Hey, here you go, Louie. Here's some sage advice from the illustrious, uh, I think she's a pediatrician. <laughs> the certifiably insane, you'll like her because she is certifiably insane. And how do we know that? Because Trump touts her as a brilliant doctor. Here she is. I have some audio and some advice to all you anti-maskers out there. The esteemed Dr. Stella Emanuel. Hello, do you remember me? I be Miss Cleo. Now, I used to tell your future, read your mind, and clean your home. That's how I know what you be hiding in the jewelry box, honey. Mm-hmm. Since then, I paid my price to society and turned over a new tea leaf. I am now a lesbian voodoo woman. Here in prestigious Lake Worthless. Cleo? Yes, child? My man never did stop cheating on me. After you told me, he stopped cheating even more. Oh, child. Now you let Cleo the voodoo woman help you. Okay. What you do is you fill your purse with chicken bones. Chicken bones? Then you goes to the casino, sit yourself right down and put them chicken bones into a good machine, Mom. Mm-hmm. And keep on playing till you begin to stink. Mm-hmm. I can solve all your problems with Voodoo Ecobonics. Call Cleo the lesbian voodoo woman now at Murray Hill 5. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Cleo. You know what happens? You know what they say about the coronavirus uh, with old men? You won't see him no more. No. So maybe we won't see, uh, we won't have to tolerate the insanity. He sh- Louis Gomer should have been locked up years ago. He's certifiably insane. No one's going to miss him. No. So I'm not done with that bar hearing because all those Republicans, the whole hearing. <laughs> well, if Obama, and it was Obama, wouldn't you agree it was Obama? They're blaming Obama. Hasn't been in office for uh, three and a half years. It's Obama. Why don't they blame Clinton? Why don't they blame uh, LBJ? Why stop there? And then and they had that. Blame Obama or blame Antifa. It's a terrorist organization. Because fascism's good, right, Republicans? Pro-fascism, that's what you like. Because what else are fascists going to say? Antifa is a terrorist organization. Yeah, to douchebags like you, it is. You and Chad Wolf and Bill Barr, they're all, <laughs> you're all fascists. So naturally, you would regard any anti-fascism as a terrorist towards you. And the very fact that you are deploying these unmarked assholes into the streets to beat and brutalize and gas gas our citizens exercising the right to free speech the right to assemble and protest peacefully the very fact that you're deploying these goon squads onto the street never mind federal property shove that up your big fat pasty ass that is a lie and that's all you do is lie all you pro-fascist republicans The very fact that you're doing that makes you fascists. But I'm gonna, I don't usually do this, 
But she was so astoundingly good. She was great. I'm going to play it because I'm going to sweeten it a little. But here she is, uh, grilling a big fat pig called Bill Barr for a luau. Mr. Barr, on June 1st, there were protests against the murder of George Floyd and police brutality in Lafayette Park. Let us not be distracted by you or my GOP colleagues as to what these powerful and massive protests were actually about. They were about the persistent killing of black bodies by law enforcement. And finally, finally, an awakening in America of the conscience of our country. And yet your response, Mr. Barr, was to direct federal officers to close in on the protesters and to use shields offensively as weapons, tear gas, pepper balls, irritants, explosive devices, batons, and horses to clear the area just so the president could get a photo op. So I do want to ask you, do you think the response at Lafayette Square to tear gas, pepper spray, and beat and protesters and injure American citizens who were just simply exercising their First Amendment rights was appropriate? Hey, stupid! It's my understanding that no tear gas was used on Monday, June 1st. Mr. Barr, that is a semantic distinction that has been proven false by many fact checkers. How is it semantic? Do you think... How is it semantic? Yeah, but wait, yeah, but wait a second. You talked about chemical irritants and it has been proven false by reports. So just answer the question. Do you well, think that I think it was appropriate well. at Lafayette Park to pepper spray, tear gas, and beat protesters and injure American citizens? Well, I don't accept your characterization of what happened, but as I explained, the effort there was... Mr. Barr, I just asked for a yes or no, so let me just tell you, I'm starting to lose my temper. According to sworn testimony before the House Natural Resources Committee by Army National Guard Officer Adam DeMarco, who was there, this was, quote, an unprovoked escalation and excessive use of force against peaceful protesters. Numerous media reports... Mark yeah, but let me say something for Let me say something. Excuse me. This is my time. Sir, sir, the president told governors on a telephone call that the way to deal with the protesters of police brutality and systemic racism like in Lafayette Square is that, quote, you have to get much tougher. You have to dominate. If you don't dominate, you're wasting your time. These are terrorists. And he also talked about you on that call, sir. Here's what he said. He said, the Attorney General is here, Bill Barr, and we will activate Bill Barr and activate him strongly. Do you remember that call, Mr. Barr? Yes, I do, but he wasn't talking about protesters. He was talking Mr. about Barr, rioters. Mr. Barr, apparently the President believes that you can be activated to implement the President's agenda and dominate American people exercising First Amendment rights if they're protesting against him. Oh! But let's look at how you respond when the protesters are supporters of the president, on two separate occasions, after President Trump tweeted, liberate Michigan to subvert stay home orders to protect the public health of people in Michigan, protesters swarmed the Michigan Capitol carrying guns, some with swastikas, Confederate flags, and one even with a dark haired doll with a noose around its neck. Are you aware that these protesters called for the governor to be lynched, shot, and beheaded? No. Are you sure? You're not aware of that? I was not aware of that. Major protests in Michigan, you're the attorney general, 
and you didn't know that the protesters called for the governor to be lynched, shot, and beheaded. So well, obviously you couldn't be concerned about that. Well, there are a lot you, of protests around the United States, and uh, on June Attorney 1st, General Barr, I was worried about the District of Columbia, in which is federal. In certain parts what of the country, asshole. you're very aware of those, but when protesters with guns and swastikas very, and I am aware of, flag, of excuse me, Mr. Barr, this is government. my time and I control it. Oh, oh. <clears throat> you are aware of certain kinds of protesters, but in Michigan, when protesters carry guns and Confederate flags and swastikas and call for the governor of Michigan to be beheaded and shot and lynched, somehow you're not aware of that. Somehow you didn't know about it, so you didn't send federal agents in to do to the president's supporters what you did to the president's protesters. In fact, you didn't, you didn't put pepper balls on those protesters. So the point I'm trying to make here, Mr. Barr, that I think is very important for the country to understand is that there is a real discrepancy in how you react as the attorney general, the top cop in this country, when white men with swastikas storm a government building with guns, there is no need for the president to, quote, activate you because they're getting the president's personal agenda done. But when black people and people of color protest police brutality, systemic racism, and the president's very own lack of response to those critical issues, then you forcibly remove them with armed federal officers, pepper bombs, because they are considered terrorists by the president. You take an aggressive approach to Black Lives Matter protests, but not to right-wing extremists threatening to lynch a governor if it's for the Trump's, if it's for the president's benefit. Did I get it right, Mr. Barr? Oh! I have responsibility for the federal government, and the White House is the seat of the executive Mr. Barr, let me branch. just make it clear. Not yeah, but let me say something for Let me say something. The people handle, of the United Michigan States of America not violate people's First Amendment rights. You are supposed to uphold democracy and secure equal justice under the law, not violently dismantle certain protesters based on the president's personal agenda. Oh! Yeah, Pramila Jayapal. Oh! Kicking ass and writing down names. That of Bill Disbar. I thank everybody on the ground for tuning in for this first half hour of the Brit Summer Show, which you can hear the rest of if you stay tuned online and uh, somewhere on the schedule for the hour version. And uh, when I come back, uh, Regis Philbin uh, passed away, and you may be going, so? But he was a nice man. Everybody loved Regis. And as he once said to my late boss, Neil Rogers, It's big, Neil. It's bigger than both of us. So when we come back for part two, you're going to hear some Regis-related stuff, uh, primarily his uh, interaction with his friend, Don Rickles. Just for a laugh, because we need it. Humor is the only thing that will make us well, mentally from all this crap we have to deal with on a daily basis and all this fascism that's surrounding us, but being projected, of course, by the right wing to be. <laughs> Antifa! Yeah. So I'll see you here again next week on 95.3, 96.9, 103.9, 1470-WWNN. That is the WWN Network. The Brit Summers Show. Online at thebritsummershow.com. 
Vote safe, vote by mail, and avoid long lines. The benefits of voting by mail may surprise you. You can check your status and verify your voter registration information. You can even track receipt and counting of your ballot. To find out more about requesting your Palm Beach or Broward County ballot verification and tracking, go to BrowardSOE.org and PBCElections.org for an easy-to-follow guide. That's BrowardSOE.org and PBCElections.org. Have fun, good times, where the action is. It's the Brit Summers Show. Hi, Faith. How great would it be? I know it's a wish I would have. How great would it be to have lunch with Don Rickles and Regis Philbin? Here they are at the Carnegie Deli. It was about 20 years ago, as you can tell. I can't believe that I'm working with an unknown like you, but thank God. Thank God, Kathy Lee and Regis Philbin, every morning, like clockwork, I get up to shut it off. The wife turns it on and I run to shut it off. I watch the first 15 minutes, and then when you bring on somebody from Days of Our Lives, or I came home for Passover, somebody like that, that I that I don't know. That's Gilbert. That's when I go into a coma. But I know that's ratings and whatever. You know? Gilbert books those guests, you know. And you know what's so amazing? What? You act interested in everybody you talk to. <laughs> and then you call me on the phone and say, what a boring morning. Yeah. Like, Look at this. Pickles oh, and your egg whites. Oh, thank you. The end of the 20th century. I got one more piece. Well, how are you going to spend your, your New Year's Eve? Well, I got very lucky. I said I wouldn't work except for one place. It was Las Vegas. And sure enough, the Desert Inn hired me for the millennium. Where are you going to be? I haven't decided. Take your time. It's not a test. <laughs> when you hear the bell, go to history. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I'm waiting for the call. <laughs> okay, wrap that up and I'll wrap finish it, it tonight. Can you bring it to Kathy? Yeah, I'll bring it to Kathy tomorrow, yeah. And there are some crumbs over here. He'd like them. I've been washing here, boy. boy did when he... you see the white, it's the bottom of the dish. That's a good one. You don't hear that too often. That was great, too. Write that down so I can use it. I'm going to tell you something. She had you there. Oh. Don, it's good to see you. Uh, Listen, Gelman and I just got back. I know you're heading down to Tampa at the end of the week to do a concert down yeah, there. Joan Rivers. Joan, Joan Rivers. you and She's Joan. A wonderful star. She really well, is. Where are you going to be? Because we're, we're at. We're going to be in a hall. Uh, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Performing Arts Center. And Gelman and I were just there yesterday. We did our act at uh, Clearwater and at Sarah. What act? I remember you with an act. Man comes out and does Danny Boy, drops his pants and fires a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's the act. <laughs> I mean, what are you, are you still doing Danny Boy and showing the films? No, no, we're not. That's what you used to do? No. You remember when you worked with me yes, in Westbury? Yes, of course. No, so it, boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to New York. Did you, have you, are you having fun here? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I got in the car and he uh, was hijacked. <laughs> no, no, I loved you. Did you go out last night? Yeah. I was yeah. born and Yeah, of course you were. Of course I went out last night. No, I worked the lobby. <laughs> I was in the hotel folding newspapers for tomorrow. <laughs> Did I go out last night? Of course. Yeah. I went to Coco Pazzo. Coco Pazzo, fine restaurant. Yeah, but they, nobody has cards. They're all walking around going, you anyway, they, 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 They're all talking like, uh, you know, like the boat landed Friday. <laughs> do you want pate? What do you want? Pate? What do you want? Pate? <laughs> How about some pate? You want some pate? I said, are you Italian? No, no, Portuguese. <laughs> That's Julian. Hello, Julian. Julian Abio. I heard a lot about Julian Abionio. Yeah. Good. Let me see your gun. <laughs> You're Italian, right? No, 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 no. He, he's Basque. What, that's better? <laughs> Basque is great. You live in Spain and you try to pick off the king. <laughs> hey, pick off the king. Folks, read the papers. 
Paul, you get him right off the bus. They just suck. Rages, rages. You know, every time I go past the old Buggy Whip restaurant on the way to LAX, that's where you had your bachelor Jeez, party. You remember that? And I was there, and they had some tapes of Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Let the crowd laugh. <laughs> they had some tapes of Barbara, you know, before you were married, yeah, talking to your yeah. confidential tapes. Oh, but tapes. I was a happy Jew then, boy. I was. <laughs> now, you know, 31 years, she just lays in the bed with the jewelry signaling ships. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, where else are you going to be? You're going to be in Tampa Bay, and then you're going into what Arizona. Tampa Bay? I'm, what am I, on a fishing trip? <laughs> Going to be at the Tampa Bay, Tampa Art Center. Yeah, Tampa with Bay Joan Art Rivers, Center. Yeah. And then we're going to go to Fort Lauderdale, and then I'm going to go to Denver, Denver. Colorado, the Paramount Theater. Yeah. And then I'm going to go to Phoenix to Union Hall. Wow. Outside there, do where college kids are, and then they'll show up. We'll do the rah rah fight songs, <laughs> and then I go back to L.A. and lay on the couch and watch the wife go thousand and seven thousand. <laughs> yeah, I know. I usually kick off uh, the second half of the show with music, uh, but I figure why not? Regis earned it. He. He was a good guy. And no matter, the great thing about him is no matter who you were, he would talk to you. He, he wasn't like that. He's a regular guy. And I think that had a lot to do with taking a beating working with Joey Bishop all those years. You're listening to the Brit Summer Show on FYINation.com, SkyhawkRadio.com. Tune in, Stitcher, Patreon. And if you haven't heard SoFlo Radio lately, it's because, uh, well, hit it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever they're doing, they're doing something. Uh, so maybe I'm on it, maybe I'm not, whatever it is. Anyway, Google Play with this. I'm getting a lot of uh, listens on TuneIn, which is a really a nice uh, a platform. And they keep my shows in order and everything else, which is more than I can say for SoundCloud, which if you go into my archives, they're backwards and I can't get them upside down. I can't make them right side up. They don't have an option for that. So they start from the oldest show and go to the newest. But and if you hit the playlist, you'll go to a seriously outdated show. And I'm still trying to figure that out. But thanks to all who contributed, and especially to you, Ernie. Thank you. Oh! My many thanks to you uh, for helping me. Something that's been on my mind, and I'm not, by no means a Clio soothsayer. I can't read the future, but something that's bothering me. We're going to have, uh, let's just say, for the fun of it, that uh, Biden wins. It's a landslide. And uh, Trump is removed forcibly from office because he's not going to do it any other way. So let's say that happens and we begin reconstruction of our national institutions, the ones they've destroyed like the EPA, the State Department, and... Uh, All of these things. Yeah. Here's what bothers me. Let's say repairs are underway for the damage they, the Republican Party left behind. Okay, I'm going up like uh, maybe three months into the new administration. Now, what are they going to do about Russia? You do realize, of course, the reason that they pulled, and I said this before, they pulled the 12,000 troops out of the German bases because that's what Putin, Putin's wanted that all along. And it was like within seconds of him hanging up the phone with Putin, who is, and it's been proven beyond a shadow, that he is putting bounties on the heads of our soldiers with the Taliban. <laughs> yeah, the Taliban. Them again. 
The ones that uh, Trump wanted to invite to uh, have a nice lunch. Well, let's say all that happens, and uh, where are we internationally? We have been yanked out of the INF Arms Treaty. We have been pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord, the G7, uh, uh, the human rights, world human rights. No, we're America. We don't believe in human rights. Uh, So what do we do? Okay, some of them are easily done. I mean, they'll take us back in the Paris Climate Accord. G7, no problem. Iran nuclear agreement. Oh, I don't I don't know about that. That's probably going to take another four years to get straightened out. And uh, if we get another Republican president, they'll screw that up, too. Because it's Iran. Iran. They crashed a helicopter. And they had 51 hostages that they held uh, all that time until uh, Reagan got elected. And then they let them all go. Because we gave them Sidewinder missiles. (laughs) Never happened. Never happened. That's what Bill Barr said. But the Nuclear Arms Treaty, those were all protections for us so we don't get into a nuclear war with Russia. China, that's another story. But primarily, this was about Russia. China back then, during the Cold War, they were a power, but they weren't like a big world power. But Russia was. Now that we're out of the arms treaty, now what's going to happen? And then they attempt, I don't know if they're going to actually follow through, maybe they will, closing down the base in Germany. We're defenseless. I wonder if that's crossed anybody in the Democratic Party's mind. What are we going to do about it? Yeah, that's got me concerned. The other stuff, it's repairable. We can fix it. It's, we can clean it up and hose it down and sterilize it and put it back where it was. But the nuclear arms treaty, this was very carefully planned and a long-range strategy by Putin to have Trump dismantle all of these agreements so that they can be the world power in nuclear arms. Oh, and yeah, we got North Korea. But it's Russia that I'm concerned with. Not that they would do that. I mean, North Korea, if they actually had a missile, uh, nuclear missile that can do that, they would. But uh, Russia likes this place. And uh, they like, we like Disney World and we like especially, we like Miami Beach. Yeah, they like Miami Beach a lot because... We have open-door diplomacy down there. Russians, as long as you're white, come and go as you please and uh, spend a few weeks in a nice luxury condo and then fly back. Launder your money and uh, have a good time. That's how it is down here. So uh, I don't think they'll nuke us, but they'll nuke other places, you see. Yeah, that's where this comes into play. Endangering our European allies, our South Pacific allies, uh, they're going to have problems. But that's going to be the most difficult thing to tackle with the new Democratic administration. I mean, if you really just step back a few feet and look at it, the big picture. Yeah, that's the real damage they did. Handing this country over to and uh, our European allies, just handing it over to Putin. How do you get out of that? I mean, there's no amount of diplomacy that can fix that. I mean, face it, Putin's going to be pissed when Trump's out of there. So I'm thinking long-term, best-case scenario would be another Cold War. They're going to have to take all of those abandoned uh, bases that are scattered, peppered around our country that you see on Mysteries of the Abandoned. And most of those locations are uh, former 
strategic military sites that have been uh, that were closed in the 70s and mostly in the 80s during Reagan. Well, we don't need those anymore. Well, I think we're going to need them now. So they're going to have to scrape the rust off with a little navel jelly and uh, swing a brush and put new paint on it and uh, reopen those strategic locations because uh, as of now, thanks to Trump, we don't got them no more. Wow, what a nice deck. Thanks. I love his deck. It's so big. I think mine's bigger. I've seen your deck. It's not bigger. When did he show you his deck? Over at his house? I was on his deck. You rode his deck? It was before your deck. Your deck is thicker. My deck was pretty firm then. You had a rock-hard deck. Big, thick decks. Available at Dick's Decks. See your yellow pages. Yes, you're still listening to the Brit Summer Show, and there's something I wanted to discuss with you. There is a book out now that I highly recommend not getting. <laughs> Do not buy a book uh, called Talk Radio's America. It, it's by a fraud named Brian Rosenwald, who never heard a radio in his life. And I know this because, uh, sadly, Tom Hartman, again, he's reading chapters out of it. And uh, it, it sounds like this guy... Never heard a radio in his life. And when it comes to Rush Limbaugh, he's reading clear channel press releases uh, from 20 years ago. Why, it was Rush Limbaugh who changed the landscape of AM talk radio. He uh, reconfigured everything. He's the radio pioneer who started it all with the hate talk right wing radio. No, that's absolute bullshit. This guy is a not he's not a liar. He's just writing a book about a topic evidently that he knows nothing about and why Hartman's reading chapters I guess cuz he's trying to help people understand uh, why it's nothing but hate radio outside of him anymore. But this guy he's given Rush Limbaugh credit. First of all, here's what Brian Rosenwald, that fraud, here's what he here's what he did not put in the book. There has always been right-wing talk in AM radio. There have always been Rush Limbaugh's going back to Long John Neville, but going back to uh, Joe Pine, who had a TV show, but he was on the radio too. <clears throat> going back to the 30s, it was always there. It wasn't new. Rush Limbaugh did not discover right-wing talk radio, the way this guy writes it. And uh, he, first of all, he left a part out where Rush Limbaugh got fired time after time after time. And when he was a top 40 jock uh, for solicitation and he couldn't after a while, he could no longer work in radio again unless his brother, the judge, set up uh, somehow they arranged for him to play golf. I guess it maybe was his caddy. I don't know. With George H.W. Bush, the, the old man. And who was one of George H. Bush's friends uh, back then? Why, it was none other than Lowry Mays, owner of Clear Channel Radio at Atuchus. Yeah, he was on the air. And uh, we used to make jokes about him because he, he never broke a three in the market. But if you listen to their stuff, the number one radio talk show host across the burning America. And I, could, I can do promos like that for my show, too. The thing is, he had big money backing him. And uh, he would parrot the right-wing talking points and whatever. But, but we had other ones down here. We had uh, Jerry Wichner. We had John Broward doing it, except Jerry Wichner was a nice guy. But he went on the air doing that sort of thing. But my point is that they were always around. He was nothing new, okay? What happened was, after 
the 96 Telecom Act, thanks to Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich. After that, five, about five years later, Clear Channel bought all the radio sta- all the radio stations in the country. 2,400 of them they bought. And they just pulled the plug on anything that was entertaining or progressive. Or they just pulled the plug on it. And they used this flimsy excuse that, well, they just weren't up to snuff with getting the ratings. In it. Okay, number one, most of them by that time didn't even subscribe to the book anymore. And number two, as Joe Biden would say, it was rare that they got more than a point oh oh three, And they only mentioned Limbaugh back then because he could break a two or a three. Nothing great. But they made that into a big number. So they redefined the market. That's what happened. They just pulled the plug on everybody. Anybody anybody left of Heinrich Himmler got the plug pulled on their show or got fired or laid off. In January 2001, uh, the first part of 9-11, Clear Channel laid off 100,000 people. Uh, they just pulled the plug. They made anything other than right-wing hate dark. And here's another thing that's not in the book. The general managers and the ownership of those radio stations were pretty much all right-wing. They were all Bushers, uh, Reaganites. uh, They were all, to this day, they're Trumpers. So anything left of uh, Attila the Hun, they won't put it on the air. They just won't. And they've got a million excuses why. But the real one, the one most of all, is because they want to incite hatred and violence towards minorities. And how do they do it? By influencing thought. Controlling the narrative and influencing thought. For those among us who are incapable of forming their own. But mainly, they like to see violence in the streets. They like to see minorities getting their heads bashed in. They... they, What do they care? They're on the goddamn golf course. But they just love it. These white cocks, these white golfers, and they play golf because they don't have the strength to play any real sports. They go to a golf course to get drunk and puke on their white shoes. That's what these, all the GMs and all of the uh, owners of the radio stations. Not this one, of course. (laughs) But that's what the rest of them do. And they have done since the 96 Telecom Act. They don't care about entertainment. They don't care about information. And these days, when it comes to terrestrial radio, they don't care about a profit. Because the main thing, the the most important thing in their life is to get that message out there and keep that message going. Whatever the talking points are, all five of them each day, you've got to repeat them over and over and over again. They're not in business for the business anymore. Their business is messaging. And they don't care about profits because they're <laughs> supplemented anyway. Radio stations that accept funding from like Freedom Works, all the radical right wing, uh, not to mention Sheldon Adelson. Oh, don't mention him. All this money comes from that. They pay for the airtime. They don't care if they're making money from spots. So, cox a hoist, Brian Rosenwald. Your book sucks. And maybe someday you'll hear like air checks of what radio used to sound like. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh. He's he's the pioneer. He changed the landscape. Fuck you. There was a million Rush Limbaugh's back then. He was the one with connections. You get it? You get it, Brian Rosenwald? But we had a thing in place called the Fairness Doctrine. Where, yeah, you could... And if they ever brought it back, 
<clears throat> of course, here's another talking point that they'll give you. Up your ass. Well, we can't have the fairness doctrine anymore. It'll take us all off the air. It's not fair. No, no, no. The whole idea is that you have opposing points of view. And the fairness of it is you can have opposing points of view. That's what happened in 2000, the 96 Telecom Act. It removed all opposition to only one point of view. And that's where they got one clear channel. Only now it's called iHeartRadio. We're your friend. Yeah. iHeartRadio. And it's not even it's not even that anymore. Now it's going to be Liberty Media. I went into this last week. Some right-wing Trump fucker named uh, Johnny Malone. Johnny Malone, how are you? Yeah. Uh, he he, uh, he bought iFart Media. He bought Sirius XM. He bought Ticketmaster. He bought Pandora. So one guy now owns pretty much everything. He owns a, a live nation. So if you're a musician or if you're a band or if you're anything... Good luck to you now. It was bad enough before. Forget it now. Several consumer advocacy and anti-monopoly groups such as Artists' Rights Alliance, the Open Markets Institute, Public Citizen, and Center for <laughs> Digital Democracy. <laughs> These groups warn that the effects will be likely catastrophic on the radio industry, already stifled by consolidation. Well, Bill Barr strikes again. It's been monopolized even more than it was before. So they're in control of concerts, festivals, ticketing, radio pot podcasts. Not mine. Uh-uh. No. The potential for monopoly exclusion, even social engineering, are likely tangible. Live Nation alone controls the landscape of touring and has expanded an artist's management in recent years. A Justice Department spokesperson declined to comment, naturally. They, and if they did comment, it would have went something like what he, what he did. I don't recall. <clears throat> I don't remember. I don't know how to do like my, uh, <clears throat> my Dick Cheney impression, which is what he was doing. I uh, don't recall. <clears throat> I uh, have no idea. No, I wasn't aware that Trump tweets anything. <laughs> Lion sack of crap. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. If radio wasn't dead enough for you before, it certainly is dead now. Hee-hee! Anybody got any reds or bennies? I want to down them with a tube. Appointed by God, I'm the voice of the right. And I got busted. A drug-addled hookster that's wealthy and white and still got busted. My career will never come to an end. It pays to kiss the asses of powerful men. And believe me, my friends, for anyone else, they get five years to ten, and they deserve to get busted. But not me! <laughs> so what? I got high on some hillbilly smack and got busted. I've been saying all along it's for the pain in my back, and I still got busted. They've been after me since 2003. I'm a victim of the vast liberal conspiracy. And now, I have a mugshot like Larry King. So I got busted, my friends. But I'm back from your Belinda. <laughs> $3,000. What the hell? Well, no! Yeah, it is the Brit Summer Show I've been listening to on FYINation.com, SkyhawkRadio.com, I guess, ZoflowRadio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, Patreon, TheBritSummerShow.com, SoundCloud, 
Google Play with this 95.3, 96.9, 103.9 FM, 1470 AM, WWNN, and thanks for tuning in. I will be back again next week, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. And uh, I didn't get to half the stuff I wanted to get to today, but it is only an hour-long show, and uh, I'll try to get uh, I'll try to cover more of what I didn't cover this week next week. I don't know. i got another week to do it, right? Anyway, that's a wrap for this show. And also, that's the way I see the world from here. So until next time, this is Britt Summers saying, if you're planning to throw a COVID-19 party, make sure your playlist includes this song. Mama told me not to come. No!